We often shy away from setting boundaries with people because we don't want to hurt their feelings, which is what I think you're getting at when you say offending them. Meanwhile, you've probably been hurting your own feelings by not setting the boundary. That is, you put their feelings ahead of your own. This is not healthy boundary setting. The thing is, it might hurt someone's feelings to set a boundary with them, but it's not going to harm them. The analogy I use all the time, because it can resonate with most people, is that it might hurt to use a needle to take a splinter out of your finger, but it's not going to harm you. In fact, it's going to heal you. And the same can be true for setting boundaries. It's not going to harm them, but it might hurt their feelings. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on social media. And if you do, please be sure to tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 202, Questions from Listeners, Responses from Barb, Part 2. Hey, everybody. As a reminder, when I celebrated my episode 200, I had a contest to take questions from people and have people subscribe to my newsletter. And if they did, they got a chance to win three one-hour coaching sessions with me. And Sarah was the lucky winner. Last week, I was only able to cover three questions in the episode because I didn't want it to go too long. And I'm going to continue with the questions here. Hopefully, I'll get them all in. But if not, it will continue next week. So the next question is from Nancy. She says, I have realized that I was manipulated by a coworker that is not using my own judgment of people's personalities, but being manipulated to use hers. Now, what do I do? I feel like I owe my entire office an amends. It has been an eye opener for me. Thank you for your help. P.S. A boundary has been made. I no longer gossip with her. Well, good for you, Nancy. This is another tough one for me because I really don't know the specifics. But if you think you owe an amends to your entire office, then maybe you do. But I don't know how big your office is. I would say if it's two or three people, then make the amends to the group. But if it's more than that and it's a larger group, you might want to do it individually. You might say something like, you know, I'm realizing that I used to act in these ways. I'm really trying to change my ways and I want to apologize for any harm that I've caused. I hope that you will see that I've changed my ways and will forgive me, you know, something like that. If this does not answer your question, Nancy, feel free to reach out to me and give me more details so I can be a little bit more helpful. The next question is from Sarah, and she says, how do you draw boundaries with coworkers without offending? 
This is a really common question, Sarah, though it's not always about coworkers. It's the idea that we can set boundaries with people without offending them. And it's just not always possible. Here is something that I teach my clients right at the beginning of our boundaries coaching, and that's there's a difference between harming someone and hurting someone. We often shy away from setting boundaries with people because we don't want to hurt their feelings, which is what I think you're getting at when you say offending them. Meanwhile, you've probably been hurting your own feelings by not setting the boundary. That is, you put their feelings ahead of your own. This is not healthy boundary setting. The thing is, it might hurt someone's feelings to set a boundary with them, but it's not going to harm them. The analogy I use all the time, because it can resonate with most people, is that it might hurt to use a needle to take a splinter out of your finger, but it's not going to harm you. In fact, it's going to heal you. And the same can be true for setting boundaries. It's not going to harm them, but it might hurt their feelings. And it might actually heal the relationship. And that's because you're telling them the truth about who you are and what's okay with you and what's not okay with you. And now, even if it doesn't heal that relationship, it's probably going to heal you because you're going to feel better telling the truth to people and living with healthy boundaries around what's okay and not okay with you. This brings me to a point that comes up all the time when setting boundaries in that setting boundaries with new people in your life is infinitely easier than setting boundaries with people who've been around for a while, whether that's your family, coworkers, friends. It's the same as when you're a teacher. You're much better off starting out strict with your students when they first meet you and then backing off over time. Because if you start out really lax and then decide to get more strict, they won't believe your strict standards. Whereas if you start off being a strict teacher and as your students get to know you and you get to know them, you can back off and be a little bit more relaxed because you've established your authority with them. Now, it's the same with setting boundaries. It's a lot easier to start off with boundaries in a new relationship than it is in established relationships where you are retraining people about how to interact with you. You're the one who's in charge of the retraining, not them. You're the one who has to follow through. Yes, these are my new standards is what you're following through with. One of the things that I've already mentioned in some of the other questions here is that directly communicating is a really important part of setting boundaries. One of the reasons we don't want to set boundaries is we don't want to come out and say something like, this is no longer working for me or whatever the message is you want to give. Maybe you don't know how to do that. That is why one of the things that I coach on is direct communication. So saying to your coworker something like, I know I've let this go in the past, but I've realized that it's just not working for me. So going forward, please X, Y, Z, whatever the message is. So the gist is you can't always set a boundary without offending people. Sorry. All right, the next question is from Amy. And Amy says, when working with a team of people and needing to set boundaries with multiple people, yet also needing to hear and allow their input for the norms and rules of the whole group, how would one manage leading, empowering, and creating blind sides all at the same time? 
So I have a feeling the word blind size is a typo there, so I'm not sure what that means, and I'll ignore that part. What occurs to me to say is that if you're the leader, and it sounds like you are, and you want to establish certain norms and rules for the group, but you want to allow the group the autonomy to create some rules for themselves, I love this. I'm a big fan of this style of leadership, but I'm also a fan of having some boundaries within which the group can make the rules. In other words, some deal breakers. For example, being respectful of others is required no matter what the other rules are. Once you've established your boundaries or deal breakers as the leader, then you allow the group to do the rest. Here's how I would manage that. I'd start by having a brainstorming session with the group, allow everyone to list all the things they'd like the group to have in place so they can all feel safe to share what they really want to share in the group to support maximum creativity and productivity. And this can really be a team effort. You know, say something like, we're all in this together and we want to stay on track towards our goals while we work together on this project. Now, you, Amy, can be one of the people who gets to add your ideas to the group. Or you could say, before you start the brainstorming session, I have a couple of deal breakers that must be included. You get to decide if you want to state these up front or if you can see if they come up from the group. Because if they do come from the group, They are so much more likely to buy into them, but that's up to you. All right, so you're brainstorming, and then when everybody is empty of ideas, they've shared everything they want to share, then you go back item by item and discuss the items on the list. And it's through the process of discussion with the team where you really get to know what's important to the group. You'll cross off the things that aren't so important And then if you end up having to add your items to the list because you didn't add them at the beginning and they didn't come from the group, you can say something like, I'm going to make the executive decision to add these items to the list because as the leader, I'm not going to be comfortable leading this group without having them on the list. All right. The next question is from Jana. She says, do you have any advice on ways to be more self-aware? trusting your intuition, identifying when you're averting to old self-sabotaging pattern, etc., how to remain present in the moment. Yeah, Jana, for sure. One of the most important ways that has helped me become more self-aware is keeping a nightly inventory. This is something I learned in 12-step recovery, and I cannot recommend it enough. I will put a link in the show notes to my podcast episode about why it's important to keep a nightly inventory. Briefly, the way I think of it is this. When I did the 12 steps of recovery, it was like going into the deep, dark basement of my life, clearing it out, sandblasting it, repainting it, redecorating it, furnishing it. And then when I do my nightly inventory, it's like going down into the basement and sweeping it every night. So there's never any buildup. Even if you've never done the 12 steps of recovery, if you ask yourself a series of questions at night about the things you'd like to learn about yourself. So some of my examples are, Did I gossip? Did I stick my nose in other people's business? And then also ask yourself, what loving, good things have I done? So maybe, did I do my yoga routine this morning? Or whatever it is that's going to keep you focused on what you want to stay focused on. The next question is from Jean. She says, I have a childhood history of abandonment and trauma and a history of codependent relationships with men. Most recently, I've been a single mom who has not dated for 12 years. As a 55-year-old woman, I think I would like a man in my life. I've never dated and don't know how. 
And I think I'm scared of men and scared of being codependent again and unsure I will be able to keep my boundaries, but mostly scared. Well, I hear you, Jean, and I can relate in ways you can't imagine. I was your exact age when I met my sweetheart. I had actually gotten to the point in my recovery where I didn't even really care about dating, meaning I didn't want to sign up on an app and seek out a dating relationship. I figured if I meet somebody and we're interested in each other and it seems like we can have a healthy relationship, then yeah, I'll date someone. But I didn't want to pursue it because I wasn't missing anything in my life. I was really enjoying my life in a way I never had before, and I didn't want to give that up. So when I met my sweetheart, I was pretty solid that my life was working really well for me. I had done so much in terms of forming healthy boundaries. So when I started dating him, the most important thing I did was the very first time he did something that bothered me. I said something about it immediately. I responded to his text by saying, I'm feeling unsettled about this. Can you help me talk with you about this tomorrow when I see you? I did that so that I couldn't back out of it. And he responded, absolutely. The way I started the in-person conversation was by saying, I see this conversation as a way to increase the intimacy in our relationship. And I hope you see it that way too. And because I framed it that way, not like you're in trouble or you're a jerk, you did something wrong. It set the foundation for the conversation and for the relationship. The reason I was able to deal with it head on was because I fucking loved my life and I didn't want to fuck that up. So I'd say make sure you love your life, that you're living in alignment with your values, and that whoever you date does not violate your values. If there's anything they do or say that takes you aback, address it immediately. And the way they respond to you addressing it is going to tell you everything you need to know about whether this is the kind of person you want to have in your life. I also think having a network of people who give a shit about you, who you can talk to honestly and openly about this kind of stuff is really, really important and helpful. So that could be a boundaries coach like me. It could be a therapist, a sponsor, fellows in recovery, but make sure that you have a posse of people who care about you and tell them the truth about what's going on in any relationships that you begin. So I'm going to stop there for now, and I will answer the remaining questions on the next episode. Be sure to tune in then. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns 
including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're gonna love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listen to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.